I want to talk about a clean heart this morning. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. I was reading this morning, and, and I just, you know, before I, I don't always have a message a day before. Sometimes it's hours before. And I'm trying to wait on the Lord, really. Uh, I'm not looking for popular opinion because I can do, preach what everybody else is preaching. We can fill this church up tomorrow, you know. But God wouldn't be pleased, right? We have to preach what the Holy Ghost wants. And if you remember, Jesus was going to the cross. The closer he got to the cross, the less he had followed him. Because as long as he was doing the miracles and feeding the thousands, they were okay with that. But the closer he got to the cross, the less were following him. Very few went to him, went to his to the cross with him. Because that's where the place, the modern churches, they want. The Esau religion. You know what the Esau religion is? They wanted, the, they wanted the blessing, but they didn't want the commitment. See, Jacob stole Esau's birthright, and what that meant to me is always a symbolic of salvation. Jacob wanted what was spiritual. See, Esau wanted what was physical. See, getting the blessing meant he got all the sheep and all the money and all the gold, you see? My Lord, I'm preaching. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to follow Jesus, don't look for the millions. <laughs> They're not coming. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but many will call. What is it? But few are chosen. See, the thing about the love of God, is he commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. He offered that love. But you, you don't have to receive it if you don't want. You can go live your life like you want, but you're going to pay a price for it one day. Separation, eternally separated from God. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm preaching good. Are you ready? <laughs> <Don't> just, <laughs> just play. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord, I don't, think I'm, I don't think I'm the greatest preacher in the world. <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs> you better pray. I'm sorry, Gene. Even, even, Lord, help us today, Lord God. Father, bless this service today and bless this message, Father God. But I know. Without you, I can do nothing. Amen. I want to tell, talk to you. Go, now, you don't have to, because I'm not going to paraphrase, because I want to go back to uh, Psalms 51. But David, King David. Now, I studied on this stuff this morning, and I read I didn't go through somebody's notes. I didn't see what somebody else said. I was trying to listen to what the Holy Spirit was telling me. David was a man after God's own heart. David depended on the Lord. And David sought the Lord. But you know, it's like a lot of us, we get lazy along the way. So David, when the time of the kings was to go out and fight battles, he sent Joab. See, a king was supposed to be with his army, right? If you ever studied the Bible, a king was, but David laid back in Jerusalem while Joab was doing his fighting for him. And while he was in Jerusalem, he, was in, he, was, he got up one morning and he, he looked out the window and there is a beautiful woman taking a bath. <laughs> if he'd only been where he was supposed to be, he'd have never did it. Right? There's, there's, there's uh, 
I'm going to call it Jezebel, but she, <laughs> man, <laughs> Bathsheba, <laughs> forgive me, I'm getting old. Bathsheba, she's up there taking a bat on the roof. And, she's, and David is looking at it and he said, man, that's the one, one foxy mama there, boy. Golly, I wish I could grab a hold of her. But I'm the king. I can have anything I want. <laughs> oh, y'all know where this is going. <laughs> David went and called for Bathsheba, and she came in and slept with him. And she conceived the child. So David couldn't let them know he, he had done this thing, let the people of Israel and Judah know he had done it. So he went and he went get her. Her husband was on the battlefield, right? He was fighting David's battle while he, David's sleeping with his wife. <laughs> so David, David says, send Uriah. That was, that was her, her, his name. That's Bathsheba's husband. Send Uriah back so I can hide my sin. Mm. <laughs> Little black preacher. Mm. <laughs> so I can hide my sin. So I'm going to make him come back. He's going to sleep with his wife and everybody's going to think that is his baby. Huh? Oh. <laughs> so he comes back. And, and Uriah comes to David and he said, go to your house. Go, go, go visit your wife. Sleep with your wife. Have a good time tonight. But Uriah wouldn't go. <laughs> because of the man of God he was, the faithfulness he was, he went and he slapped outside David's gate or house. And David got up and there's Uriah. He said, why you didn't go to your wife? How in the world could I go to my wife when the army of my Lord is fighting battles? Praise God. We're too busy trying to serve the doggone flesh. We're too busy trying to do our own thing. We're not answering the churches in trouble. We should be fighting this battle in prayer, man. We should be fighting the things of God. But yeah, we, we're enjoying our life and thinking nothing's going to happen. No, it's going to happen, brother. I'm going to tell you, there's times we're coming right now, you ain't beginning to know what's going to happen to the body of Christ because we're so doggone lazy doing our own things, pleasing the flesh. We don't want to fight God's battles anymore. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We don't want to get out there in the field and do something for God. But you're right. Couldn't go. So David called him in and made him drunk. <laughs> and he still wouldn't go. <laughs> Well, I said, I got, I got to take care of this because if the people find out that I slept with his wife, the king, and she's going to have a baby for the king, that's going to ruin me. So he said, he sent a letter with two, he wrote a letter and put it on, in Uriah's hands. You go tell Joab, give him this letter. And the letter was to kill Uriah. Kill him. Put him in the front line wherever, where, where, where he could be hit. And this faithful man of God, Uriah, went, gave them the letter to Joab, and gave him a letter to his own death, his death, his death sentence. But what did Uriah do? He went, on, he went exactly where he was told to go. He died. They shot him, killed him. The enemy killed him. And when David found out about it, David said, all right. David didn't repent. 
He went and got his wife and married him. Wait a minute. This is the man after God's own heart. This is the king of Israel, mighty David. How in the world could he do what he done? Think about that a minute, praise God. We're talking about David, the beloved of God, the man after God's own heart. Ooh. Don't tell me when you get lazy, the devil ain't at the door. Don't tell me when you stop praying, stop going to church, stop hearing the gospel, stop seeking God's face. The devil is not at the door. Yes, he is. He's waiting for you to lay back and look at, you know, at a, a, a lust, at a Bathsheba somewhere, and turn your heart from God. Oh, Lord. Now, David thinks he's got away with it. The baby was born. About a year had passed. David's going on with his merry life. God didn't see it this time. <laughs> Thank God for the, the thank God for space for repentance, right? Thank God He gives us time to repent. But there's a time when you're going to have to give an answer one day. Hallelujah! I didn't write this book. The Word says it. Amen. Be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. God spoke to Nathan the prophet. Go to King David and rebuke, rebuke him and reprove him. Now, I'm going to show you a sense of self-righteousness that you better never get. Because David had thought he had got away. He was king now. He, he got away with this sin. I'm, I'm, I'm the king. You know, how many, how many people do that? I'm a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Presbyterian. We're, we're the righteousness of God. No, you're not. Hallelujah. I don't personally believe in heaven there's going to be a Baptist section or a Christian, a, a Protestant section or a Catholic section or a Methodist section. There's only going to be believer section. Those that have given their life to Jesus and walked with the Lord. My God, that's the only ones that's going to be in heaven. Those that sought him and, and, and served him. This flimsy Christianity, I, get, I wouldn't preach that to the worst sinner. Because, oh, you can come to Jesus and everything will be all right. No, it's not going to be all right. Because all hell breaks loose when you get born again. Hallelujah. All hell breaks loose when you decide to choose God. So David's in a state of a backslidden heart. Turn with me to Psalm 51. Nathan comes to David. So I want to tell you a story, David. They had this rich man and this poor man. This rich man had a lot of sheep. A lot of sheep. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And this poor man had one sheep. One sheep he loved. The sheep even slept with him in his bosom at night. He loved that sheep. Then the rich man had some people come and visit him. And he said, I ain't taking none of my sheep. I'm going to kill that man's sheep. That poor man's sheep. The only one that he had. Though he had thousands of sheep, he chose to take the poor man's sheep and kill it. <laughs> man. 
killed and he took the poor man's sheep. And David got mad, man. Read, read the, you need to go back. I can't have time to go through it. But if you go through first, uh, Second Samuel chapter 11 and 12, you see what I'm talking about. David got angry. He says, bring this man over here. I'm going to kill him. He's going to restore that man's sheep. Oh, he was self-righteous, you know, Lawrence? The man just had a man killed and stole his wife. But now he's self-righteous. He's boastful, man. Oh, I'll, I'll punish him. I'll kill him. Nathan said, you're that man. Whew. You're that man. You would ask me anything if I could have gave it to you. But you stole one sheep from a poor man. My God, one sheep from a poor man that loved the sheep. He had it in his bosom. He slept with it that night. And you took it and you killed it when you had many sheep. David had sinned a great sin in the eyes of God. Now he's broken. <laughs> My Lord God. David spent seven days. On his face. Nathan said, that baby you had is going to die. And David got, he started crying out to God. He fasted and prayed. They couldn't even talk to David. David was on his face. My God, help me. My God, forgive me. I don't know if you feel that, but I feel it, man. My God, I'm turning to you. Seven days he prayed and fasted. And the last day, the men were talk, trying to scare to talk to David because the baby had died. And, and they were scared to tell David that because he might hurt them. But no, it wasn't. David said, the baby died. He said, yes, Lord, the baby's dead. He got up. <laughs> he got up. He went clean himself, sat down and started to eat. The men said, man, for seven days you couldn't even eat, sleep. He said, my God, while he was alive, maybe there was hope that God would have mercy on him. Come on, somebody. Maybe God would, God would reach out and forgive my sin and save that baby. But now he's dead. I can't do anything for him. I, he can't come back to me, but maybe I can go to him. Now, I want you to get a picture of what I'm fixing to read you. David is writing this psalm when this, ha when this happened, in Psalm 51. This is one of the most pitiful stories in the Bible. People say, there's no bad stories in the Bible. This is a bad one. Not that it's bad the Holy Ghost put it out, but it's bad to what, what happened. Ugly. Ugly story. One that didn't have to happen, but God made sure that we knew about it, right? So after that example, we wouldn't follow David's steps. My Lord, I feel his presence. Amen. You know, last week when I was preaching about there was a fort man in the fire. God is going to take care of us no matter what we go through. But we can't walk away from God and think that he's going to honor that. 
God didn't give up on David. You don't, you don't see, even though David done what he done, God gave him a message. David, even what you did, if you repent and acknowledge me, I'll forgive you. Because I'm going to show you that Nathan came to David and said, God has forgiven your sin. Come on, Holy Ghost. This is Old Testament. David should have been stoned. One of the most powerful messages on grace that I've ever saw in the Bible. It's called the power of grace. Come on, somebody. We don't know what God has forgiven us of. We don't know the debt that, that's coming our way. The power of God's grace can redeem you and it also keeps you. Don't matter what you've done in your life. You can be forgiven other than blaspheming the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus said. But when you get to the point where you think God is not listening, God don't see. Yes, he does. Because David was never the man of God. He was. He never killed another giant after this incident. David's enemies were those of his own household, his own sons. Some of the most ugly stories in the Bible where one of his sons raped his daughter, his sister. Then Absalom, her brother, came and killed his son. And Absalom was killed because he rebelled against David. All through his life, you've seen after this incident, David never found peace. Could never get the victory he once had. Be careful, y'all. Be cautious. Be, be attentive to what the Spirit is teaching. Because if you allow sin in your life, don't think for a minute it's gone unlooked. Or if you think God didn't see it, yes, he did. The most beautiful part about it, I read it in my journal this morning. I wrote it down. I said, thank God for the blood. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Thank God for the blood of Jesus because that sin, God hated it. He hates it today. He's never changed his mind about sin. Let's start in verse 10. Because I, I don't have time to go through all of it. But I want to be between verse 10 and 13 all, at least. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Come on, Holy David realized that he had backslidden on God. He was filthy. His heart was filthy. His life had gotten backslidden on God. He didn't have the Lord anymore. God had, David had forsaken the Lord. Oh, you still religious? I bet he still offered the sacrifices, offered praise to God, but there wasn't the same, Sister Kathy. There was something different. David had corrupted himself. He had allowed himself to be taken by lust and wickedness. He had another man's wife murdered. She knew it. She came to David knowing it. And now he has been found out. And he realizes, I'm lost. Please, God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Change me, Jesus. I want to be more like, I want to get back to where I was before. See, I believe David got right back with God. But I think the effect of his sin still haunted him. Because he never says ever again that David did the same thing. 
Come on, Holy Ghost. David never went back and did the same thing, praise God. He, he realized the penalty of the sin that he had committed was, was against God. Listen, if you committed sin this morning, that sin could be washed away right now, today. Right now. Never to be recorded in heaven again. David's sin was forgiven. But the effect of that sin passed on to his children. You have to read the Bible yourself. It wasn't God's fault. It was David's fault. And now, as you start with the Lord, some of you may be just beginning with the Lord. Pay attention. That whatever you allow in your life, I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying you walk in fear. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But don't underestimate the power of sin and lust and pride, self-righteousness. Those things will kill you. This will rob you of your life with God. Okay. Well, Brother Lane, tell us sweet things and smooth things. Listen, you want the smooth things? You're going to have to hear this first. Because you're never going to enjoy the, the peace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the prosperity of God, the blessings of God, till you understand you've got to walk a holy life. Right? You don't have to walk it in front of me or this church. You've got to walk it before God. When you get out in that, in, in, in that world, get out of that door, you're going to face the devil. And you know what? All manner of sin is out there. Praise God. Y'all live here, most of y'all. Y'all know what kind of wickedness they got down that road and, and, and through this community. Listen, the devil knows it too. But you have to keep your heart fixed on Jesus. Listen, I have a thing in my life, and personally, I'm talking about, I feel sometimes I haven't done enough for God. And I feel like I failed as a pastor sometimes. And I feel like I failed as a Christian. I failed as a... But God says, son, I'm here for you. The mercy is available. The grace is available. Are you listening to me this morning? I said the grace is available. Forgiveness is available. A righteous man falleth seven times, but he rises it up again. Right? He rises it up again. I said, he rises up again. He says, I have sinned against God. David told, David, told, told uh, uh, Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Go ahead, read that story. That's a scary story. A dark side of David's life where he thought he had gotten away with it. Him and Bathsheba, they're sitting on the throne. She's probably sitting right next to him. You know what I'm saying? Ruling as queen. And behind that rule, there was a death and a darkness. I don't know if you're a student of the Bible. I've always read when God always referred to Bathsheba, he always referred to her as the wife of Uriah. Never the wife of David. My Lord, come on. You can say, well, she's my wife or she's my husband. I don't care. No, praise God. If you took her or took him in the wrong way, it is not your wife. Hallelujah. If you stole somebody's wife or husband or did something that was unjust, it is not yours. God never identified Bathsheba as David's wife 
Oh, he took her as his wife, but always the wife of Uriah, right? Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Renew a right spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Listen, we sang it this morning when it says that song, uh, uh, This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very words spoken to me. Come on, Holy Ghost. That's the point I'm talking about. If the presence of God is not in your life, you don't know God. If God is not dealing with you, if God is not drawing you, if you're just religious, then you better get right. What are you hiding? Well, I just don't want to know everybody, everybody in the church to know what, what, what I was like. God knows. I had a brother tell me one time, he had just gotten saved. He was smoking. We'd go hiding behind the house to smoke. And he didn't want nobody to see him smoke. <laughs> and he realized, wait a minute, God sees me. <laughs> God sees me. There's no place on this planet you can hide from the presence of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Boy, I wish I could tell you it was an easy way. It's not. It's a walk with God. Praise God. Me and my wife have a relationship. Praise God. Listen, I don't go call her once a week and say, I'm your husband and uh, do this and do that. That wouldn't be much of a relationship. If I come in once a week and, and, and just uh, give her a bunch of rules, that wouldn't be no relationship. We buy each other every day. We sleep by each other every night. We, 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 we lift up each other when we're hurting. I don't walk out when I don't like things. She don't walk out when she don't like it. She'd stay out. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I know she loves me, so sometimes I don't think she likes me. <laughs> All right, let me get on something else. <laughs> but I would have it no other way, brothers and sisters. I don't plan on marrying nobody else. I wouldn't trade 10 Miss Americas for her. And I don't have to lie about it. I told it to her. I say it in public. I don't have to lie about it. She's my wife. She's not Ray's wife or Lawrence's wife or Brother Baghdad's wife. She's my wife. She's the wife of Lanny. <laughs> She's the wife of Lanny. <laughs> She's tough. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you know what? If she dies before me or I die before her, we're going in the same grave. And when the rapture's going to happen, I'm going to grab her by the hand. Let's go, Jan, together to, to be with the Lord. <laughs> and we're going to go up together. <laughs> we'll die. <laughs> we'll go to heaven together if we have to. <laughs> oh, I'm. <dr> <laughs> the other day I was praying on somebody with oil and I was soaking them. I forgot to turn the camera on. <laughs> They got a really a real good anointing, hallelujah. <laughs> Who you are, you? Oh, sister Joy. <laughs> she thinks you wear the pants, man. I was soaking this so much with that <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence. Verse 11. And do not, and it's the most important part, do not take the Holy Spirit from me. Oh, my God. How much do we need the Holy Spirit in the church today? And people think, well, you got to, it's all about tongues. No, it's not. It's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about the presence and power of the Holy Ghost 
in our lives. I need the Holy Ghost. I was praying. If I was feeling it, praise God. What would what, what my prayer life would be like if there was no Holy Ghost to, to, to generate me, to, to fill me, to, to strengthen me? I love it when I'm praying in the Spirit. I love it when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I love it because that's between me and God. A, whole, a church without the Holy Ghost is not God's church. The presence of God has to be. David said, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the presence of God in my life. I need the, the power of God in my life. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Come on, somebody. When I pray, I need to feel his presence. Come on, somebody. You're, 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 I need to feel his presence. That, that, I need to feel him ministering to me. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time in the Lord. Sometimes I'm praying, I'm waiting. Where's God today? You ever done that? Feel like God's, a, like I said, a million miles off. But man, when he's present, oh, I could stay there for a good while. <laughs> Listen, like one time I was listening to somebody lead worship one time. It wasn't, it wasn't I went to another church and I, was, and I was listening. And man, I don't know what it was. That little lady was worshiping God. And brother, I felt the presence of God. I could have stayed there all day. Didn't worry about nothing. I just, she, her heart was right. Her, the songs were right. The spirit was right. I could feel it. I remember that today. I've worshiped God many times, but that was a special time where I felt his presence. I didn't want to go anywhere. Serious, I could have stayed there all day. But just how wonderful it is to be in the presence of the Lord, Right? Restoring to me the joy of your salvation. Listen, I'm going to say something. If there's no joy no more in your walk with God, your salvation, then there's, there's something wrong. We should never forget what Jesus did for us at the cross. We should never forget the great grace and mercy offered at repentance. And accept him as our Lord and Savior. Never. I can't imagine for a minute. Listen, I've done it. I'm guilty, okay? I've lost my joy a lot of times for my salvation. Because I forgot and got away from what the purpose of that salvation was. I was going to hell, to a devil's hell. And he reached down and he saved me. If I could see people in hell, I would rejoice more. You know why? Because I'm going to thank God for what he saved me from. People in hell right now would give everything they own. To sit where Yvette's at right now. Just, they would live on a dung heap. heap. Live, it, live the most deplorable life. To sit with one more chance to hear the gospel. One more time. There's not a person in hell would sell everything. And give it all up just for that chance to repent. And ask Jesus Christ. Because they know there's a hell to gain if they don't. You know what I'm saying? They know hell is real. They know there's a fire out there burning that will that, never quench. Where the worm dies not and the, the fire is never quenched. I don't want to go to that place. Oh, listen, I think about people I know right now are there. And I love them dearly. But they're burning forever. I had a, I had a cousin just a few days ago. She was a lesbian. She died. My cousin, her sister came and she said, oh, she's in a better place. I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, if she made right with God, yeah, but she's not. She, I said, is she still a lesbian? Well, yeah. I got news for her. She's not in a better place. Because lesbianism and homosexuality is a sin. Uh-oh, I said that word. 
against the God. It's called sin. God calls it an abomination. In the book of Leviticus, it said, don't let a man lay with another man as he lie with a woman. It's an abomination. God hates it. And she's not in heaven. Come on, Holy Ghost. If she, you know, and I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. Listen, preachers need to stop lying. There's more lies said at funerals than any time in the world. Oh, he was a good man. He's sleeping around his wife, committing adultery, but that's all right. <laughs> Let him in heaven. God loves him. God offered his love to him, but he, listen, if, if he was doing a lot of stuff, he's not in heaven. That's tough preaching, but it's the truth, y'all. Amen? And uphold me with your generous spirit. Verse 13, then I will teach men your transgression, sinners your way. Close your Bible. Listen, I wouldn't be doing a good job if I wouldn't give you a word of encouragement, all right? There's nothing on this earth we're going to hell for. No person, no, no nothing. If you miss heaven, it's your own fault. It ain't my fault. Well, if the preacher would have said something, the Bible says something. You know, if they want to sing the wrong songs, and out of, you know, I'm, if, they, if so and so would have, would have gossiped on me, it don't matter. If you're not going to heaven, it's your own fault. Now, I know people on the internet are listening to this stuff, man. He's just being self-righteous. Everybody goes to heaven. Everybody's God's children. No, not everybody is God's children. Everybody God created, but not everybody's his children. I'm going to shock you. I have some children. But, and God's my father, but God don't have no grandchildren. <laughs> he only got children. Because my kids are not going to go to heaven because I'm serving God. They're going to have to make a conscious decision that they're sinners. And they need to be right with God. And I'm praying and I'm believing. And that's where I stand on my children. I'm not going to leave one hoof behind like Pharaoh told, <laughs> Moses told Pharaoh. I'm claiming their souls. Right? Me and Jared got a brand new little baby. You start praying on that baby yet, Jared? Pro prophesy. Lord, I, claim, I pray over this child. That baby's going to be a, an intercessor. That baby's going to serve God with, his, with her life. Come on, Holy Ghost. We, we don't mind cursing them. Oh, you never mount anything, you stupid little thing. You, you're just a troublemaker. I don't know why you was ever born. You ever, you ever heard people talk like that? Yeah. But, we, but when we start claiming good on them, they think we're strange. <laughs> I've prayed on every one of my children, me and Janice. I'm not perfect, but I, they'll tell you the truth. We've knelt by, as little kids, boogies back there. You, know, you, know, you can verify that they're small. Read the Bible to them. Sat in bed, sometimes for hours, just reading to them. Praying over them. Speaking the word over them. Say, Lord, I'm just praying that this one will be a preacher. This one will be an intercessor. This one will be a, you know what I'm saying? My prayers are going to be answered. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my prayers are going to be answered. Amen? 
Create in me a clean heart, O oh Lord. Renew a right spirit. Listen, other than blaspheme, I don't believe any of these people in this building ever blaspheme the Holy Ghost because you wouldn't be here, okay? But whatever you've done in your life, your sins could be forgiven. And as you serve God, he'll bless you. I'm about the most blessed person in this church, even though I have troubles. Me and Janice was talking about that this morning. Boy, if I had a lot of money. I said, maybe I ain't ready for a lot of money. <laughs> Come on. I said, but I know one thing. I'm not working, running a business to be broke, right? I don't know God. Listen, I'm not in the prosperity stuff, but I don't believe God wants me to work just to make it. I want my wife to have brand new clothes. I want, I want my family to, to be able to, be, to take care of themselves. I want a brand new boat. Ha! <laughs> I've asked God to, to lessen my burden so I can serve this church. That's my prayers. But you know what? If I don't believe it, See, the thing about the worst sin that we could ever commit, two of them, unforgiveness and unbelief. Those two sins are dangerous. Pride, I think, is the, all sin, the sin that locks all them sins together, right? I think pride is the key sin. That's what started the whole mess with the devil, right? And out of pride comes self-righteousness and, you know, lust and... You know, things like that. All the, all the dirty sins. Change my heart, God. Change my heart. Let's stand up, praise God. Do you know that God still saves? <laughs> There's not a person in this church, seriously, shouldn't... Get up and say, I got to live for Jesus. 